I'm excited for this series. I think it's um, um, probably one of the best series that I could ever do as a pastor, just so you know. Um, and I, I pray that this is week two. I'm going to review a little bit last week, but I pray that you would just be open uh, this whole month uh, just to say, all right, God, I, I think there's more for me. And just how many to be receptive and open to what you have for me. Um, before I jump into this message, I want to say welcome to all those tuning in on Facebook Live or listening to our podcast. Thanks for listening up. Hey, good news. Uh, if you're an Android user, um, which I'm not, I'm sorry, um, but if you are, um, Google Play now has our podcast, so you can go podcast our 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 services on your Android device, which is really cool. So I think we can celebrate that. I think it's good. way to go, Google. Yeah. So they got us up. So uh, you can check that out. Um, so this is part two of a series called the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to review just a little bit about what we talked about last week and uh, why it's important. Um, so if, if I believe, personally believe this is the most practical part of God. So if you want to know, like, okay, so um, God, you know, there's about the cross and there's, there's religion, there's church, all this stuff. Uh, this is the part where God says, okay, so on a daily basis, I have solutions, I have answers, I have help for you to overcome, to be the best you that you could possibly be. Would you let me lead you? And I believe this is God, what God is saying through the Holy Spirit, and it's the most practical part of God. Like if you understand this, if you embrace this, if you accept this, it's a personal friend in every moment of your life that you can walk. That's why God gave the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about that. So we said that God gave us this, this helper, right, the Holy Spirit. And so last week we said this, that when, when something is happening to you, God always wants to do something in you, anytime. If you're facing something difficult, facing something hard, uh, maybe you, you have a challenge you just don't have an answer or solution for, whenever you're, whatever you're facing, what, what that external thing is, God always wants to do something internally in you. So we think externally. That's what we just tend to look at everything externally. And God is saying, okay, that's just an indication of something that's deeper. There's something more there. Pay attention because I want to do something in you. And that was last week. Uh, if you can go catch that, if you missed it. Uh, we said this. If you're going to experience everything God has for you, you have to let go of fear and misperceptions. You have to go all in. And then you have to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Because we said that we all have these two great spiritual needs. One is for forgiveness, and the other is for goodness. God made us to, to as humans, as we, we messed up, we need forgiveness, but we also need goodness. And so God answered that at the cross, and then he also answered it on Pentecost, which we're going to talk about today. In fact, Billy Graham says it like this. I love this quote. He says, the Holy Spirit is the source of power who meets our need to escape from the miserable weakness that grabs us. You have something in your life, a weakness, something that's been holding you back. God's answer to that is the Holy Spirit. Those things that grab us, those weaknesses that hold us back, he has something more for us. So Acts 19, 1 through 12, Paul is traveling. Paul, Paul is, is um, going throughout the different regions, planning churches, starting churches, um, being in right letters. And it says in Acts 19 that while Paulus was at Corinth, one of the teachers was teaching in Corinth about Christ, Paul took the road to the interior to arrive at Ephesus. He builds a great relationship in the city of Ephesus. That's where we get the book of Ephesians, and he writes letters back to them. And there he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And these are Christ followers. These are Christians. And this is their response. Uh, no, we didn't even heard of the Holy Spirit. There is a Holy Spirit. That was their response. Like, we don't know what you're talking about. And I think sometimes in life, um, when we go to church, we hear about God. I think we can, we, we get Christ. We get the cross. We accept that. But sometimes I think we don't. We don't keep continue on in the more that God has. And this is what Paul is talking about. Okay, that's great. You accepted Christ. That's, a, that's a, the first step that's important. That's the experience is really important. But there's more to God. He has more. A very practical part of God that wants to help you on this journey. Here's the problem. So today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And in, in the New Testament, Acts, the day that the disciples receive the Holy Spirit is called the day of Pentecost. And here's the challenge. When I, you hear the word Pentecost or Pentecostal, 
things come to your mind, right? Maybe some of you have no idea. Like, I don't even know what Pentecostal means. I don't know what Pentecost means. Others would be like, oh, I get that. Those are the people that don't wear no makeup and there are certain rules they have to abide by. They can't do it. Or those are people that wear a ton of makeup, crazy hair, and, you know, they're always asking for money on the TV. And there could be these different extremes, right? Um, in fact, there was these jokes back in the day of certain uh, um, sects of, of, of Christianity, of just different branches, where they believed the higher the hair, right, the more closer to God you were. That was just part of what they believed. And so that was kind of the joke, is the higher the hair, the closer to God you were. And they, there's all these, and this is the challenge we have when you hear Pentecostal, is we begin to let maybe uh, somebody's experience or somebody's way of, 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 of explaining the Holy Spirit or, or the way they practice that, it, it can affect us. And so what happens is a lot of times people just reject completely. Now, in fact, I'll hear some pastors sometimes, preachers, they'll say, hey, don't, don't, don't listen to those people that talk about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. I mean, ghosts are kind of weird in themselves, but the Holy Spirit, right? Don't, don't pay attention, which is really sad because essentially they're saying, hey, you shouldn't be listening to people talk about God because the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. And it's not that they're rejecting the Bible or even God. Really what they're rejecting is the packaging, the, the experience. And, and what we have to do is we have to say, all right, God, I have, to be tr- I have to be willing to trust you to lead me on this journey. And today we're going to talk about what, what does Pentecost mean? What does Pentecostal mean? Because the true definition is not what you wear or what you don't wear or, or the rules that you follow. That is, that's not it. Uh, that, that is not the Pentecost that the Bible talks about. Pentecost was, was a moment, was a day, was an experience that God empowered people to be a better version of themselves. In fact, I would say it like this. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. And see, what problems happens is religion raises up and they say, well, if you do this and this, if you look like me, talk like me, do these things, you're, you're superior, you're better. And what happens is we get the superiority complex in some, some churches, some religions, where we think, well, we have these certain gifts or we, don't, we, you know, we have more of this and, and, and you don't, so we must be better. And that's not the point at all. In fact, we miss the, we miss the, that's the exact opposite of what God is trying to do is not to, for us to attain something so we can say, how, look at us, how good we are. It's, it's more than that. It's better than that. He's got to saying, I want to give you something that's going to help you on this journey. Trust me. And so being filled with the Holy Spirit, it makes me a better version of me. Who would not want that? Right? And that's my challenge this, this series is, would you just say, God, I need to be a better version of me. You have the answers, the solution, so help me to understand this. Help me to go through this. What do you want me to do? How can, how can I accomplish all that you uh, want me to do with my life? So, what we're going to do is to, to explain Pentecost and what Pentecostal means, uh, we, we need to go back a little bit into the Old Testament. So in, your, in your bio, the Bibles that we have, God's given us, it's a gift. This is an amazing thing. It's not just a book. If you think it's just a book, um, you, you haven't learned a lot about it because it's an amazing thing, right? So it's, it's a book of books written by multiple authors over a period of thousands of years. They're all telling the same story, which makes us think, well, there must be some kind of author that's kind of orchestrating this, right? Do you believe it's God? And um, so the Old Testament, uh, before Jesus came, the Old Testament is the majority of the book, and that's, that's the, the journey of the people of Israel. Uh, it's the fall of man, uh, how God sets up the people of Israel to begin to be his people. And then Jesus comes, and the New Testament is how then he opens it to everybody. It's no longer just one race or one uh, belief. It's, it's open to anybody, to Gentiles, anybody, which is pretty cool in itself. It's, the, it's called the gospel, the good news. The good news is for everyone. Um, everyone doesn't doesn't matter your race your status it's just it's for you and so in the old testament um on this journey god gave them some specific holidays and and uh, rituals they were supposed to uh, do every single year and so we're talking about the jewish holidays and how they were fulfilled all right um see in the old testament there are seven holidays that, that god asked the people of israel but three of them the major three major ones and the other ones would kind of fall within those and so these three major ones was on the first month of the year 
the third month of the year, and the seventh month of the year. Numbers are significant in the Bible, uh, but if, as you study, you kind of begin to see more of that. So the first, the third, the seventh um, month, right? And, and so the, the first, this is what Jesus says about the Old Testament. So when it comes to Jesus and the Bible, when it comes to Pentecost, as Jesus says this, Matthew 5.17, he says it like this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. He's talking about the Old Testament, right? I haven't come to abolish that, to do away with it. In fact, Jesus says the reason I've come is not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. What do you mean fulfill them? Well, there were some rules. There were some things, guidelines that God gave. And Jesus said, I've come to fulfill them to show you how it's done. I've come to live it. I've come to model it for you. I want, to, I want you to do this. I'm not getting rid of it. I'm actually going to make it come alive. I'm going to show you what it was all about in the first place. And so the Old Testament is a picture. It mirrors what's happening in the New Testament. It's a, it's a lot of times it's a physical, uh, what you can see. It's sometimes it's, it's related to, it corresponds to a spiritual principle. Sometimes it's physical also, which we'll talk about. But it's, it's like it's saying that if we understand the holidays, uh, because we're not Jewish, we didn't grow up with these holidays, but if we understand a little about them, we'll understand what God was trying to do. All right, so um, the first one is Passover. The first month of the year, the first holiday they're supposed to celebrate was Passover. This is significant to us as Christians, but especially to the people of Israel. Uh, if you're Jewish, Passover is huge, right? Happens every first month of their calendar, not of our calendar, of their calendar. Um, and Passover was the day that they were supposed to, that God set them free from, from slavery. So that the people of Israel found themselves entrapped and enslaved in a foreign nation in Egypt. And, and God sent Moses who is kind of like a Christ type, who comes as a Messiah rescuer, and he comes and he says, I'm going to use you to help others to be freed from slavery, like Robert's talking about. This is exactly what Team Challenge is all about. They're trying to free people from being slaved to something like an addiction or uh, ourselves, whatever that, that is, and I want to free you from that. And so he, he says, I'm going, to, I'm going to use you, Moses, to free the people of Israel. And so they do, God does all these different miracles through Moses, right? Um, these different plagues come, and God is trying to show um, Pharaoh and, and the world, you're not God. I'm God, because Pharaoh believed he was God. And so God said, no, you're not God. I'm, I'm God. I'm going to show you this. And so they do all these, these plagues and miracles. And the final one, God says, okay, since you're not listening, Pharaoh, this one's going to be the hardest one of all. Um, I'm to, and he says, I'm going to send an angel. It's going to pass over the, the, the entire city, and every firstborn of every home is going to die. Every firstborn is going to die. And then he tells the people of Israel, but if you'll trust me, I'll give you a solution. You don't have to die. You don't have to face death. You can actually live, and the firstborns can live. And here's what he tells them to do. You get a lamb, and you sacrifice that lamb. You take the blood of that lamb, and you put it on the doorpost so that when the death angel comes, it sees the blood covering the, the front of the house. It's covering it. It's an atonement is what the, the word is used. It, it's taking somebody else's place, and it covers that home. The death angel passes by, and, and no, nobody in your family will die. And so those that believed did that, and their family is spared. And those that didn't, the Egypt, Egyptians and, and the Hebrews included, they, they lost the firstborn of their family and their livestock and all that. Because God was trying to say something. And so um, what's interesting is Passover is, an, is, is a picture of the cross. All right? So the Old Testament of, of holiday Passover is pointing to the cross when Jesus, like 1 Corinthians says, for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. So what is Paul saying? I remember in Passover we celebrate freedom from Egypt. Well, Jesus is our lamb who's going to cover our lives. He's the atonement, the sacrifice. So that we don't have to face death. We can live. And so Christ is our atonement. He's he sacrificed. So what's interesting is, is the lamb would be sacrificed at 9 in the morning. And then they would, they would, they would uh, celebrate, eat, uh, eat it at 3. Um, and then they have these other traditions around Passover where they'd actually take the bread and they would hide it that day. And then through Sabbath, you know, you, you didn't do anything for Sabbath. But then Sunday morning, the father of the house would come and get the bread and present it to God as, a, as an offering, right? 
and they would celebrate. It's this whole weekend, this whole thing that goes on. Well, what's interesting is Jesus dies around 9 a.m. in the morning. He, I mean, he, he sacrificed at 9 a.m. in the morning, like the lamb would be, and then he dies on the cross, gives his life for, 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 for us at, in the afternoon, and they bury him, and he's, he's dead for three days, and then God brings him back to life. It mirrors what Passover was. You with me so far? And so it's a picture of what the cross was going to do. And so God's helping us. And so Passover is salvation. That's what, that's what Passover is pointing to. It's salvation for mankind. God says we all need a Savior. We need a rescuer. God sent his son to die on that cross for you and for me. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, and it's not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, that no, so that no one can boast. So catch this. Paul is saying that first salvation, that first step, knowing God, that's a gift from God. See, it's nothing you can do, nothing I can do to earn that. It's a gift. It's a free gift. And religion will say you have to do certain things to earn that. And they mix up the things that God wants to do later on. God does want us to do things, but he doesn't want us to confuse the things he asks us to do with his gift of salvation. That's set apart for, for, for God doing something in our lives. And so that's the first one. So God has more for us, but that experience is free. And then he says there are some actions that follow it, but don't confuse. This is just a gift. Nothing you can do to earn this. It's just a gift that God gives, but you have to accept it. And the second holiday is the holiday of Pentecost. All right, and Pentecost, this is where we get the word Pentecostal. And just so you know, not a scary word. All Pentecost means is 50. Everybody say 50. 50. So it's 50 days after Passover. That's why it's called Pentecost. It's 50 days after Passover. There's some more, more in that, but I don't want to spend too much time on that. We're out of time. Um, but there's more to it. It's pretty awesome how God develops the Bible and how he shows us in all of this. There's these, these ideas that he's trying to convey to us and, and relate to us, give us these pictures. Well, it's 50, 50 days after the holiday of Passover. And this is in the Old Testament. When you look at the Old Testament, people of Israel, this is the day you guys seen the movie, right? For Passover, they would show it where Moses goes on the mountain and thunder, lightning, and God, you know, um, gives them those two big old tablets. And um, um, you with me, right? That movie, you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, God gives Moses some tablets that have the law, the Ten Commandments, and the laws that God gives them. And he goes down, and the people, what are they doing? They're celebrating and worshiping a false god, a calf, right? It's a guy. He's upset, and he, he smashes the tablets and has to go back up the mountain. Well. Pentecost is the day that God gave Moses the, the, the law, the written word. And then that day, there were people that rebelled. They rejected God. And so 3,000 people died that day because they rejected God in the Old Testament. So Jesus dies on Passover, fulfills what the picture of Passover was on the cross. And then 50 days later, he tells his disciples, right? He instructs them 40 days. And then 10 days, he says, hey, go wait for the gift promised, that's, that's promised to us. And then Pentecost happens on, on, on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit, same kind of idea. Um, there's, there's noise, there's wind, there's all that going on. But what's really cool, instead of 3,000 people dying on that day, that, like they did in the Old Testament, 3,000 people come, come to Christ. Like they're added to the church that day, which is pretty awesome. It's, just, it's mirroring this whole thing of saying, here's the picture, but here's really what I'm trying to do. There's something more to it. And so, so God is saying, there's, there's something more. Don't, don't miss out. So Pentecost, Acts 1, 3 through 5, I'll read it. This is what Jesus says after his suffering. Luke is writing about it. Luke's doctor is saying, after suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convicting, convincing proofs that he was alive. So Jesus spends, appeared to him over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So he spends 40 days with the disciples after, after what we call Easter, right? The, the resurrection Sunday. And he hangs out with them 40 days. And then on one occasion, he says, while he was eating with them, he gave them this commandment. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of the, of the father, the gift my father promised. The Holy Spirit is a gift that God has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized 
with the Holy Spirit. So we see the picture of water baptism. So Jesus says there's going to be this other baptism. It's a spiritual baptism, which we'll talk about in, four, in week four. And so he's saying, I want to give you more of this. So he says, wait for this. Don't leave Jerusalem. Wait. And so they, he says they go for 10 days. There's 120 disciples, and they, they begin to seek God. And here's all I wouldn't say. Anytime you will spend a significant amount of time, like 10 days, saying, God, I want more of you, Pentecost is always going to be bound to happen. God's going to do something amazing in your life if you're, if you're willing to seek him in that. And so, um, so he says, go to the next slide for me, please. Uh, for John baptized the water, but a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's a gift my Father promised. So Pentecost, this is what it means. It's power to make a difference in our lives. That's, that's the purpose of Pentecost. If, if Passover was, was salvation, Pentecost is power to make a difference. In Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. When you, when the whole, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So God is saying, you're going to make, there's, I'm going to use you to make a difference in this world. So I saved you. And salvation now, you can't earn that with the works. Religion says you have to earn it, right? You have to climb the ladders. You have to work hard. But God is saying, no, 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 that's a gift. But now I want to do something with your life. If you'll let me lead you, I want to help you find fulfillment in life. I'm going to empower you to become everything you, that God wants you to become. And so um, he, he empowers the people of Israel, uh, the, the disciples, to become used by him. And we see the difference. As you read the story in Acts, the disciples were fearful and afraid of the Romans and fearful and afraid of, that, of people finding out that they were following Jesus. And then Pentecost happens. The day of Pentecost happens. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're empowered. And the next thing you know is they're now boldly proclaiming what Jesus did on the cross. Why? Because there was a difference that God made in their life. He empowered them to be a witness. And now they were no longer afraid of death. They were no longer afraid of what others can do to them. They willingly gave their lives to help others be free from sin. Others know there was a better way to live because God empowered them. And that's what God wants to do in us. Because um, there's things that, that God wants you to do that you can't pull off by yourself. There's things I can't do that I can't pull off, that God wants me to do that I can't pull off by myself. You need God's help. And the Holy Spirit, God's answer is say, I want to help you on this journey. Is the third part of the Trinity saying, I want to help you. So what's the third, the third holiday? Uh, it's, it's called the Holiday of Tabernacles. I won't spend too much time here, but essentially it happens in the fall, the seventh month of their calendar. Um, it, it's to remind them of that, that moment in the, in the story where they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years in portable buildings and tents and, and in huts. They had to wander there, and, and essentially what they were doing is they were, they were wandering in temporary homes until they were brought into their final home, into the promised land, is what they called and this, this is just God saying there's something else that's happening uh, that hasn't been fulfilled yet, but it will be because they're passing through, and, 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 and it's during the harvest season. So tabernacles is the second coming of Christ. This is where God is saying, I'm coming back, and you're only in temporary. Uh, temporary uh, uh, this is just temporary where we're at in life. Like this isn't going to last forever. And the, 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 the tabernacles, also known as, as the, uh, uh, the holiday of trumpets, all right, uh, is, is a time where God's going to come back. This can happen any moment. He says, you won't know when it happens. Just be prepared. Be ready. Accept me as Lord and, and follow my lead. And it says this in 1 Thessalonians about, about this, that, that the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we are still alive, and our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we be with the Lord forever. So we get the Passover, we get the cross, right? He sacrificed. We kind of get the idea of, okay, this is temporary. One day um, we'll have an eternal home in heaven if we, if we follow Christ, if he's our Lord. But we're in the middle ground now, so what do we do here? That's Pentecost. And the same way you can experience salvation that, that Christ brought any, any single moment, the experience of salvation on that cross today, 
you can also experience Pentecost today. And one day we'll experience the, the tabernacle. We'll experience the trumpet where, where Christ returns and he sets up his kingdom forever. But right now we're in the middle, and that's where God is saying in this, in this middle spot, I want to help you out on this journey. So what's the meaning of Pentecost? Well, in Acts 2.12, it says this about that day that it took place. Right? There was a wind. They spoke in different languages, different tongues, and people from different nations came and saw them and said, hey, that's interesting. They're speaking in my native language from, from home, and they're, they're praising God. And all these things took place, and then people, 3,000 people give their lives and are baptized. But they say this. They, this is what they said. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? On the day of Pentecost, they were saying, what does this all mean? And sometime in our life, when it comes to God, we're going to be in that spot where we say, what does this all mean? Well, here's what I want to share with you, right? There's, there's a few things. Number one, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live righteously. The reason Pentecost happened is because he wants his, his followers to live a righteous, righteous life, to be able to live righteously. This is what Paul says in Romans. He says, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, and if, if the Spirit of God lives in you. He's saying if you accept the Holy Spirit, if you, if you feel the Holy Spirit, he lives in you and he helps you. What's interesting is about Pentecost is, is the day that um, Moses uh, wrote, wrote the – God wrote the law on tablets, right, an external thing. It says that the Holy Spirit comes and writes the law on our heart. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive Christ, he actually comes and writes and he writes the law of love on our heart. And what happens instead of having to look at something, we know it on the inside. Like, oh, this is not right. This is not good. I'm, I'm breaking something here. I'm not supposed to do this. And, and the Holy Spirit reminds us of that. And he helps us. So it's not about externals. Now it's saying it's internally God wants to do something in our lives because it's written. It's not a I have to do this because of religion or, or rules or laws. It's I get to do this because God is leading me. I want to do this because it's better for me. And he leads us on this journey. Uh, Isaiah 30, 30 21, he, he refers to the Holy Spirit. He refers to what God's gifts and, and how God wants to help us by saying this. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, on that day your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. So the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and he leads us on this journey. He says, no, no, don't do that. That's not a wise thing to do. Walk in this way. What's interesting is every time I speak on a subject, I'm always tested in this. And this week is no, no, uh, is it a great example, right? In those moments where you don't know what to do, instead of freaking out and just, just forcing through and trying to do your own way, pause and say, God, all right, something's happening on the outside. What are you trying to do on the inside? And a lot of times God says, if you'll just trust me, I'll lead you in the right direction. But we don't want to wait for God, or we don't pause and, and, and let him answer. We just push through. And it never, hardly ever works out for us when we do that because we're doing our own strength. And God's saying, just trust me. I know the right answer for this situation. Number two, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live supernaturally. All right, Acts 10, 30, 38 says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So God, he, he, he fills Jesus with the Holy Spirit. He anoints him and empowers him to do these things. You know what Jesus says about us and to the disciples? He says, those are following me. Those are my disciples. Even greater things than what you see me doing, you'll be doing. Which is kind of like, whoa, wait, no, he's God. I'm not God. But he said, if we trust God, he wants to do a lot of amazing things. And here's why the enemy brings a lot of confusion around the Holy Spirit and Pentecost and Pentecost and all that. is because he understands. If we understand what the Bible's talking about, we will kind of essentially be accomplishing the things that Christ accomplished on the earth. So can you imagine in this room full of uh, 100 and some people, 150 people or so, if all of us caught this and said, God, I want to live this life. Now the enemy has a problem because he has 150 people who are like little Christ around the city of Santa Fe saying, hey, I want to help you on this journey. He's like, no, no, that that brings freedom to people. I don't want that. So I'm going to bring confusion to this. I'm going to try to stop this. 
And he does. He, he's confused, and we, we miss it. So God is saying, just trust me on this journey. Um, he empowers us to live supernaturally. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5 says, My message and my preaching were not with wise, persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. Every single Sunday, I get up here and I speak. That's just, that's just words. It's words that I'm saying. But if I trust God to lead, now it becomes something more than just words. It's, it's supernatural. It's where God has the ability to work in those things. And Paul even says it's, it's foolishness when we just speak like this. But God can take our words, take the things we do, and do something amazing. And when somebody's life is transformed, everybody looks around and says, whoa, that's different. You know, when, God, when Jesus healed the blind man, everybody saw the blind man who was blind his whole life. He, all of a sudden he sees and says, whoa, that's different. He can now see God showed up here. And in our lives, when God, when we follow his lead, he does something around us all the time. Greater things. It's available to help us overcome our issues. That's why the Holy Spirit was given. And then finally this, the third thing is this. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. And this is important. Right? Every single one of us, God wants to do something specifically in us and through us to help others. He wants to use you in a great way. Like all the dreams you have in your heart, he has better dreams than that. He wants to do more than that if you will trust him and you'll let him lead you. Because what happens is, um, like, like this verse Thessalonians, Paul says this, Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. So God is leading him on this journey, saying, Paul, go here, go to do this, do that. And he's, he's helping people understand there's more to life than just what we face on a daily basis. There's something greater. So it's to make a difference. He wants us to know God. Holy Spirit's helping us to find freedom to, to break away from things, to discover our purpose so that we can make a difference with our life. And that's what our church is built around. We have a specific mission. And every week we do the growth track to help people that are new to understand here's our mission. And today, for 201, you'll learn a little about those, those habits you need to have. And one of those habits is living a life that says, God, I'm going to let you lead my life, a spirit-led life where you're saying, help me to do this on this journey. So remember, this is my, the main thing I want to drive home is being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. In fact, that might be a good way to, to think of life when you're talking to people. Now, when, you, when you're with others in your office, don't think you're better than others because you're not. You're just saved by grace. I'm saved by grace. It's something God is doing. But it, it's, it's, it's given to me not so I can be better than others. It's given to me so I can be better than me. And that's a good thing. I don't know about you, but this week, I'm sure my, my wife would love a better version of me, right? I'm sure my kids would love a better version of me. Next Sunday, I'm sure you would love a better version of me all the time. And when we let God lead us, that's exactly what happens. I'm becoming a better version of me as I let him lead. It doesn't make me better than others. It just makes me better than me. And I'm the, I'm the one that's saying, God, help me on this journey. So here's my challenge. Here's my challenge for today. Would you trust the Holy Spirit to help you each day? It's a relationship. Just like any other relationship, it takes time to, to build, to, to develop that trust. But it starts with you acknowledging, like last week we said, it's you saying, I'm going to lift my sail, let the, let, let the wind of God fill it, and lead me where it wants to lead me. Or you can leave the sail down and just kind of meander around life. It's your choice. But this week, that would be my challenge. Whenever something's happening on the outside, would you pause and say, God, what are you trying to do on the inside? This is kind of crazy. This is kind of chaotic, or this is kind of difficult. What are you trying to say to me? And a lot of times he'll actually say, hey, calm down. Just chill out. It'll be okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just give it to me. Pause. Breathe. And then he begins to lead us on the journey. So just, would you help the Holy Spirit to lead you each day? So today, um, I want to wrap it up by, by just giving an opportunity for those that are in this room. Um, 
Maybe you haven't experienced any of the things I talked about. And at first, the Passover, the cross, that's, that's that first experience of saying God wants us to know him. So we messed up. Jesus was our sacrifice to be in our place. So we don't have to have death. We, we can have life. And that's the first step. And the Holy Spirit, that that's, comes after. And he wants to lead us in all those things that he has. But the first step is always, God, I need you to, to, to own everything I have. I, I need to give everything to you. I, I want you to be Lord of my life, the way the Bible calls it. In fact, it's, it's learning to give God everything that you have. And so for you that are in this room that haven't done that, that my challenge to you would, would you just give, God, give it all to God? Everything. And here's how you know that you've given it all to God. You're no longer carrying it. It's in your life. If you have shame, if you have regrets, if you have these things in your life that are holding on, you haven't given it to God because you're still carrying it. God is saying, would you trust me with that? All right, you messed up. Give it to me. Let's move forward. And this is what the gospel is all about. This is what the cross is about, saying you can have a new start today. You don't have to let the past define you and keep you stuck. You can move forward in everything I have for you today. But you have to trust me. You have to give it all. And that's what being a Christian means, is saying I'm going to follow you, God. I'm going to follow you, Christ, that I will become more like you. Which means on a daily basis we say, God, lead me today. Help me to become a better version of me. So if you're here today, do me a favor, close your eyes and bow your head as we close our service. If that's you today, and you would say, I want to be a better version of me, and that's going to come in time, and I'll come with God's help. But today I just, I need to give God everything I'm holding on to. All my problems, all my issues, all my insecurities, all my, my guilt and my shame of my past, the things I've been holding on to. God, I want to give that to you today. See, the Bible says that we confess our sins. If we call on God for help, he responds and he helps. And that's what I want to challenge you to do today is say, God, that's me. So if you're here today and that's you, would you do me a favor just by lifting your hand? I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to lead you to pray right there. I see your hands. Quite a few hands. Awesome. Anybody else? That's me. I need to give it all to God because I'm still carrying a lot of stuff. I want to be free today. That's what Passover is about. They're leaving the land of slavery to be free people. Today, I want to be free. God, would you help me? And then God says, would you do, would you repent? Would you do a 180? So you've been walking down this road that's the wrong road. Now you need to turn around and walk towards me and let me lead you. God asks us to repent. So you raise your hand. Would you, would you, uh, let me lead you in a prayer. If you're a Christ follower, would you join me in praying with him? So they're not, these, these that are, they're not praying alone. Raise your hand. Would you say this today? Say, Father God. Today, I need your help. Forgive me of my past, of my sin. Help me on this journey. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe you sent Jesus to die on that cross in my place so I could be forgiven, so I could be free. Help me to live a new life starting today. I give it all to you. I surrender. I trust. Come into my life. Make me a better version of me, please. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate all those that...